0: Welcome to Hashtag Creative inspo Seconds to Courage. My name is Daisy, and I'm the founder of Alchemist Portraits and Productions, a creative agency specializing in editorial portraiture and mobile short films. I'm here to help share real live stories of when people took inspired action to get them to do that thing. Career pivots, trying something terrifying, discovering new layers of themselves. They took that seconds of courage towards a more fulfilling life. This podcast is here to inspire you to recognize the possibilities are endless and within your reach too. Hello friends and welcome back to another episode. I'm gonna start with a question. Can you recall an experience from when you were a child that even to this day, you are thrown into bouts of laughter just thinking about it? Or fast forward to when you are a teenager and you learned a life lesson hard. You know what I mean. Perhaps at the time, it was devastating and it shook your world, but now in hindsight, you needed that lesson. And now let's jump to present day, your work environment, perhaps your personal life. There are moments that are so worth retelling. Humans have incredible stories to tell and in this week's episode, my hopes are is that you feel encouraged to draw from any of these experiences and to write it down. But as you will learn and I learned through this guest, Writing doesn't necessarily start with a pen, but starts with the thoughts in your head. Jackie Amston is here to share her story. She is my friend, author, and host of the podcast, These Moms Write. Here's
1: her story. For me, my story most recently started when I came across this book, How to Be a Badass. Or no, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. And it really spoke to me. And it was funny because I wasn't looking for a self-help book. Um, Any of those words previously would have made me very squeamish. But the book really spoke to me and woke me up in a way that I hadn't realized I needed to be woken up. And so what that's meant for me is I would say I'm not completely, I haven't completely stepped into the void I'm in that space where I'm half and half, and so that means I still have my comfortable and secure job that is good, but that doesn't necessarily, that doesn't fuel my soul. But I'm also now taking steps towards that soul work, which is starting a podcast that supports moms in their writing careers and pursuing my own writing goals at the same time. And so. What this represents is me coming back to a dream that I gave up on about five years ago after I had self-published my first novel and found that um, at the end of it, my life hadn't changed and I wasn't making any money off of it. And it certainly hadn't given me any freedom to you know, live a 100% creative life. And so what happened at that time is I gave up and decided I guess that's just not possible for me and I'm going to go back to working for, you know, a large institution. So here I am, you know, five years later, spurred by this book that I just came across at the right time and excited by the learning and the community that I'm now a part of and starting to see more possibility than I ever could before. And that's just because of the steps that I've taken into the void and approaching that edge. And so I really don't know where this new direction, this new path is going to take me. And that is definitely scary, but it's also really exciting. And already I can see an impact because, you know, if you would have seen me a few months ago, I was feeling really dead inside and just not creative. And what I'm finding now is that even just pursuing this dream in this much more real way and much more supported and guided way is making all of the difference for me and is, I hope, going to help provide me with the momentum and the direction to pursue that dream I have. And, and this time I'm being more open, I'm not defining it as the specific outcome, Like you have to publish a novel traditionally to be successful. Maybe that's not in my path. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle and building this community through my podcast will help me find that. And so that's where I'm at in my creative inspiration journey. Thank you, Jackie,
0: for your thoughts, your words, and your courage. Being so open and honest in regards to what you perceived was not necessarily a success. And yet, here you are at it again, trying and making your way, as you said, to the edge of that void. I'm so excited for you for what's to come. Here's our conversation. Welcome to the show, Jackie Amsden.
1: Thanks, Daisy. Thanks for inviting me to the show.
0: I know that you're a writer, so we're going to chat a little bit about perhaps the beginning and like the backstory about everything. So where did you get your love of writing from?
1: Um, That's a good question. I think a lot of us who identify as writers probably have found ways to write throughout our lives. And so, you know, that was definitely me, you know, publishing like the local paper and... For the my university newspaper, I was, you know, a staff writer, all of those, you know, little opportunities to learn. But I think it, it wasn't until maybe I was in my twenties that I felt like I really had something that I wanted to say. And that's what really like pushed me into writing, which you know eventually became my my novel, The Tokyo Cover Girls.
0: Yeah, so let's let's chat about that. What inspired you to write your first novel?
1: Yeah, I think, so a part of it was just because, you know, the Japanese fashion industry isn't really featured a lot in popular representations of the fashion industry. It's like, it's always New York, right? Mm. And it's always like the New York one way. And has, having, you know, been a um, a model myself when I was a teenager, like for us, you know, there's a hierarchy. And you don't just go to New York in the world that I was, New York was like the top. And in the meantime, we're in Japan and Tokyo and Taiwan and um, Hong Kong, uh, and we're working our way through, you know, the, we called it sort of like the, the, the trenches of the Asian catalog industry. So, um, I felt like, uh, having, you know, been in that world and not having the greatest of experience, like full. Discretion, like there's lots of amazing parts about it, but I did leave because of the pressure that I faced um, to, you know, maintain my waist dimensions. It just became too much for me to handle. Uh, But I also felt like that there was so much there that people weren't, I wasn't seeing in other books. And it is uh, specifically the Japanese fashion industry is very, you know, focused on this concept of. Hawaii, which is like a very different form of beauty than what how we define it in the western world so i had this experience and i had just like left it behind and just like not talked about it for a long time and because i had to sort of refine myself right after uh leaving the fashion industry and you know kind of like reclaim my identity because it was just so tied into you can imagine as being a teenager going into the fashion industry, like I was like, I'm a model and that's who I am. And I'm cool because I'm a model, right? Yeah. So, right. Like I was, yeah. you know, 16, 15 when I first entered that. So I had to really like have some separation from that to be like, oh, but who am I? And and do some work and you know, nonprofit and education. And just sort of like, just make myself feel good about who I was again. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so I I had that experience and I got enough distance from it so that then I was like, okay, now I want to share this with other people mm-hmm. because I feel like it's you know it was an interesting, really interesting ex- experience. So that's what inspired me to write that novel.
0: Wow! So at fifteen, sixteen, you went to Asia. Then I assume by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that must have been an incredible experience. And as and as you said, took a little bit to uh, reclaim, yeah, your identity. Um, yeah, you we're so young.
1: Yeah, I was very young, and it's and like all of the uh, ideals of the fashion industry are just not really, you know, good for the soul. You know, it was very much about you know exclusivity, and uh, you know, basing your confidence in your self-worth on like how many bookings you got and how many uh what was the waist what was your waist size again like I really got measured on a daily basis when I was one of my like later contracts uh it was like you know everyday measurements of my waist um so all of those ideals like they're they're not the greatest for uh, a young person and I mean I survived but it um I definitely needed to like have some distance from that um to just like process it and and then that's what the the novel came out of that experience
0: so what was that whole experience like having finished writing the novel and then where did you take it
1: yeah so that's interesting again um and I think that it really does tie back to like how part of how I was like really imprinted at that age like when I got my agent when I was 16 it was such a like exciting experience like I was I was good enough right I was selected to be a model and you know you then get to you know you do all of the things right go through all their pieces like get in your portfolio all of that stuff mm-hmm. and then when I went into publishing and book writing I was you know I I wanted to also like there's there's so many uh parallels with book writing and, you know you again you want to be selected you want to get an agent i mean like the name is the same which is funny too right like if you're special enough then you'll get an a literary agent and then a oh. publisher which is very similar like those, the gatekeeping the modeling world right like you need to have an agent a modeling agent and then what you really need is then is to book with clients but what happened for me is that you know maybe i just went into it naively but i i spent a lot of time you know working on that project and it took many different forms but at the end of it i want to put this you know what i thought was like the super exciting you know, young adult thriller mystery and um you know it was pitching it and i just was getting nowhere and you know i know this is very common for the publication world i wasn't alone i just found that the experience was very like um disheartening so again like I had put so much work into this and it's so much part of yourself and i think this is very common for you know debut novels is that you know the author puts so much of their personal self into it Mm -hmm. um that it's really hard when no one wants to like no one wants to invest in it um it's hard not to take that really personally and so i i did you know send out the queries i pitched it actually um also live so there's conferences you can go to writers conferences there's one in this part of the world called the surrey international writers conference and i went to that a couple years and then you get these pitch sessions with agents that come from new york right and it's all very like well orchestrated and timely like you get like this five i think it's like a five minute slot with them and you only get two i think when you register for the conference so it's like hot commodity right And I remember um, (laughs) the the pressure, right? And I actually had this funny story is I went right before my pitch to this workshop and it was called Surrey international idol. I think it was or Surrey writer's idol. And so the idea was that you put your pages in this bucket and then there's these authors on the front of the stage that will read it out. And then there's agents and then like Simon Cowell style, right? As soon as the agents think this is garbage, they can hit a button and it's like, right and you get, oh. your pages get kicked off the stage so i very naively put my pages in this bucket and this woman sitting next to me she said oh no i've been to this like so many years it never gets mine never gets picked and so i was like oh, okay cool whatever i don't i really didn't know what i was doing when i dropped my pages into this bucket but of course like my pages get picked <laughs> <laughs> And this uh, this uh, very literary author, his name is Jack White, and he's like a Scottish Canadian author. He writes like this historical Arthurian retelling. He's reading this, my pages out, and there's like this section, <laughs> and where I describe my character as having Angelina Jolie lips, and you know it's just so poppy and pulpy, and you know kind of cheap writing to you know invoke a celebrity's name to describe your character's face yeah and so of course they get to this um part and he gets to this part and then they totally boo me off the stage so <laughs> oh my goodness so i had i went to this and, I, and then right after that that was my pitch session so you can imagine i was just like not at my finest, but I did get through it, and I did a few of those pitch sessions to these agents, where you you know you you tell them your story, you have this all like memorized, right? You need to have like your elevator pitch down, twenty seconds. Yeah. And um, and they said they liked them, and so they they you know they what you want is for them to say send me more pages, and so I remember leaving there with their little business card, and I was like yeah, I got to meet an agent, and now it's gonna happen but in the end none of those panned out as well and so in the end uh, after going to those conferences a couple of years i was like eh, screw it like they don't want my thing i'll just publish it myself and so that's what i did and um yeah it was you know self-publishing is a lot of work and parts of it i loved and um parts of it i didn't and i think though ultimately it's just that it's hard to the way i did it uh, as like an afterthought meant that I I was, I was didn't have people who were invested in my book, right? I didn't have a community. I hadn't done that work because I just, again, been expecting this industry to validate me as oh. they did, right, with the modeling world. And that, that worked out until I didn't like it anymore. But with pub, book publishing industry, they, you know, weren't receptive. So I did it on my own, but um, it wasn't very satisfying, gratifying, because I, I only wound up getting it the book in front of like a very limited amount of people, right? And you put so much work into marketing and just like hustling. And so at the end of that, uh, you know, I did marketing for about a year. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't like this. Uh, <laughs> so I stopped writing altogether. And I was just like, eh, forget it.
0: Wow. So there yeah. are so, there's so many pieces of that story there. And i'm going to just dial it back a little bit so when you were on stage um and that author was he the one who hit the x like or do they or the three do they hit up to three x's yeah it wasn't him so it's just that they
1: have they have like established literary authors to read it out for you so they're saving like the humiliation of me having to read it myself so no one knew who it was except for me right But it's the agents, the three agents that are um, from New York, right, that are making the call as to whether or not they want to stop talking.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, like, kudos to you for having gone through that experience, survived, and then having the courage to go forth and actually pitch again, like. In the same day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had similar experience too when I went to a film festival and um, yeah, pitch sessions and it's, yeah, you have the, it's timed and getting out your entire story and that whole feeling of, yeah, you're putting your heart out on your sleeve and even more so for you. My story is kind of like some, based on some truth, but not all of it. Um, But going back to your story, I mean, you're speaking from like personal experiences. So yeah, for somebody to say like they're not interested, that's a whole other level of, uh, I'm not going to say discouragement, but like (laughs) there's a whole level uh, there that you need to like unpack and, you know, just get stronger from. I mean, your story is so relevant still today. Are there still like opportunities to like go back and remarket it?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I just got, um, yeah, it was funny. I just was like, ugh, like I got to a certain point because even a a colleague of mine was like, oh, we should go to this comic festival and find a manga author or illustrator and see if they would like partner, you know, get it turned into a graphic novel, I suppose. But I was just like, I don't know (laughs) anymore. Like I kind of lost that. Uh, You know, when you're working on a piece, a creative project and you're like, this is the best. Like, yeah. yes, this is amazing. I believe in this so much, and I felt like that for so long. Yeah. But then it was like when I got to the end of the tunnel, and there wasn't like the reception, I guess, that I had hoped for. Then I was, I lost that belief. Right. In it. And it, and not to say it's like I still think it's a it's a good book. Like I know people like, oh, I really liked it. I just kept reading it and. Um, and that's, you know, gratifying to hear, but I guess I thought it would more, you know, teens would read it and I would get to experience that with them and, and have that joy because, you know, writing is communication, right? Just uh-huh. like filmmaking. And if you don't feel like you really got to communicate with your audience, then it's not that, that aspect of it hasn't been fulfilled. And so that's why I think ultimately it was kind of like a discipline. Pointy end. The funny thing is, Daisy, is that I set it up as a trilogy, (laughs) and so I like, near the end I made this decision, and so I kind of left my poor characters, you know, in this airport in Tokyo, thinking that like there was still a threat on their lives. And I was like, nah, (laughs) I'm like, I don't feel like writing the rest of those, so... Cliffhanger. Yeah. (laughs) I feel bad for them, but you know... So, so yeah, there, I guess there's that opening to like return, but I just, um, yeah. I, I found like all of those emotions were just blocking me. And so I, although I did try to write, I, it was just, I just wasn't liking it. And I just stopped writing again for um, like five years basically. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally yeah. fair. Um, I just find it
0: like interesting you speaking about that story again, cause I was recently clean, cleaning up stuff from storage and I was going through I found like an old letter from my girlfriend who was discovered at Guilford Mall and (laughs) she went to Korea and she was writing to me about her experiences and you know um living in a place with three other girls And then she even talked about buying like Chanel and Gucci and how, even though it's fake, it's still good quality. And that she's rocking that at like 16. And I didn't know what she was really talking about, you know? So it's just, I just find that so timely. And it is such an interesting story and coming from the film world and, um, you know, opportunity with like content on like TV screens, that could be like a super interesting story Mm -hmm. as well. So (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's like, that's the thing about Tokyo, especially like, yeah, just like the visual culture there was just like so crazy and so different and so wild, like the, the girls yeah. like coming from like the suburbs of Vancouver, and then going to like downtown like Harajuku where you have like women dressed in like little bo peep dresses like pink oh. and like their makeup and just like the barrettes and like just like the visual, uh, it's quite like a feast for the eyes, like the the world of like the the Tokyo fashion industry, like the street scene, and also like the more traditional, like what we would be doing, which would be catalog, like businesswoman type stuff, which is a fun like di- like a dichotomy with all of that. Yeah, I mean it it is quite. I I was picked because of my you know what they call kawaii like appearance, right? So very much treated as like a small child because that is part of the Kauai culture right and mm-hmm. for though for us coming from north america like as a teenager you don't want to be cute you want to be like sexy you you don't want pale skin you want tan skin you don't want to be flat you don't have big booze but anyway so like these two definitions of beauty were like so completely at odds mm-hmm. and i was just a young woman so i was you know What? Yeah. Just buying those Gucci handbags, like your friend. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. It was a whirlwind for sure.
0: Going back to your book then again, and I just wanted to touch on this briefly as well. Like when there is such a huge creative project, you know, and you get to the end, there is that the aftermath of like the energy, just like coming down and being like, what's next? oh my gosh, I achieved this, but yeah, what, what is next? And like, for you, it was kind of like twofold because that happens naturally in creative projects, but then, you know, going through the experience that you went through um, and you said it took five years or a couple years to mm-hmm. think about writing again. So what inspired you then to uh, get going with, uh, I guess, reigniting your love of writing
1: yeah that's a good question so i think you know and, and part of it was because of that experience in japan like i i felt like this was something that i had to tell and this was on, the only person that was telling it and that was where i drew value in my voice as a writer is that i'm gonna write about the tokyo fashion industry and no one else is doing it and so that's why it matters And once i had done that uh, i was like well what else that's that's the only thing that's really special about me so i guess i'm done (laughs) right just it's just i can't stress enough about like what happens to you when you get into modeling industry at that young age for me anyway because i really really wanted it you know i wanted it to make me feel special and it did make me feel special and i you know i would have stayed with it probably longer if it wasn't so taxing on my body um but so that was my sense of identity and so it wasn't until you know i started writing again just for fun actually i was writing like um these poshmark listings so you know the poshmark app where you can list items from your closet Uh and so i was um selling items from my closet and just like writing these silly stories that were not related at all to the clothing just because i just felt like it and i i um i love that of, like outcome in mind right yeah be it, right, i was like ah, I, why are, why are you telling me all these things about like you know, pet-free home. Like I just thought, some of that stuff is so funny. Oh my like,
0: gosh! Give me an example
1: of what you wrote. <laughs> oh my god, I could just pull it up right now. It's on my phone.
0: I have looked at the um, app, and I have never seen anything creative in terms of.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you've never seen it? descriptions.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, let's see. it right for this one
0: yeah because there is something to be said when there is absolutely no pressure no deadlines and like you know you're not expecting anything when your creativity can literally just like take flight to a whole other level or even just like like get get started again on being inspired
1: okay yeah totally okay here's one um so this was for a dress a Ralph Lauren dress uh, now that I'm in my 40s, my life has spent either looking forward to taking a bath so I can finally enjoy that new handmade bar of oat and lavender soap I got from my Lush subscription box, and looking forward to getting out of the bath so that I can go pee. Let's just say life isn't the parade of bouncers and bags of white mystery powder one of my friends found on the club floor that was in my 20s. I'm okay with that because at least I can still pull off this dress because it's stretchy. <laughs> So oh, that one actually tied to the dress at the end, which is say a oh. lot for me. Some oh, of them don't. Oh my goodness! At all. I love that. Yeah, some of them aren't. Yeah, so I was just started writing those, um, and people. Some people, you know, were like, "Just tell me the dimensions of the skirt already." But some people, <laughs> like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I guess I should include those, and then but then some people were just like, "Oh, this is so funny. We love it." And that was just the encouragement. That I needed and it just got me thinking like oh you know what I might not be a, a model anymore but I can say funny things and um, I'm 40 years old and I see a lot of funny things in my life now that I live in like the suburbs uh, you know and have two kids and all of those things that um, have their own culture associated with them that I'm often fucking against so I just started writing about that and that's, um, it's like, oh, it was, it's was. it been great because it has allowed me to rediscover or to discover, like I actually have a voice that has nothing to do with the Tokyo fashion industry and like the thriller suspense format, but comedy. And I think that is actually more uh, like true to myself because that's how I am in the world. Like I'm just, a, you know, I do make jokes a lot. Sometimes inappropriately, don't make them a job interviews is one life lesson I've learned (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness I love you you too Daisy (laughs) but yeah so that's um so that was my journey so just you know refining my voice and just yeah taking off that pressure has made it fun again and I also realized though as I started again was like okay the last time was I did not do a good job of building my community you know mm-hmm. i only interacted with people in my writing group and this writing center which is great but it wasn't enough so that was my other decision like i'm not going to do this alone i'm not going to focus solely on the page which is what i did last time
0: before we get more into what uh, this community that you're building is mm-hmm. all about um I just wanted to touch base too on that part in your narrative, you're talking about Jen Centero, and her book. Can you tell me the message that did stand out for you in the book and like inspiration wise?
1: Yeah, I think really was uh, like, she calls it the deep, big sleep. And I really like just, if you just even just read like her first, I think it's the introduction or chapter one where she talks about like, Yeah, you you probably have a good life. And, um, but is it, are you fully showing up? Are you fully doing your life's purpose? And it really resonated because, you know, I had built a good life. So after I had uh, published that novel, I was like, okay, screw it. Publishing is too hard. I'm going to just focus on like corporate work and i just really poured myself into my day job and like moving up uh at the time i was you know temping you know which is probably like one of the worst roles that you can have in the office world like <laughs> you just feel really like rudderless and like disposable and so i was like nope i am like 37 i gotta do better than this and so i poured all of my um, that energy into you know moving forward in, in the corporate world and and so by the time I picked up Jen's book I was like I'd done that right I was like oh I have like my best job ever uh-huh. and you know I feel like I'm not a total loser and um and I have like a townhouse like you know I, these were goals that I'd set but I was like but but sh- she's kind of right like am I still am I still fully showing up um, and, and I th- the answer is no. Like I'm, I've achieved those things in the corporate world that I thought would make me happy. When uh, when I gave up on writing as a as a path, but I still know that, um, yeah, I have strengths that aren't utilized in this in this in the roles that I'm in.
0: Yeah, that's powerful for sure. Because yeah, in terms of like validation, what does that actually mean? you know, you're saying like getting a house, starting a family, getting the right job. But then so a lot of people, they don't work through the feeling of like something is missing. Mm-hmm. So for you to be able to recognize that, you know, that's, that's amazing. And kudos again to you for being able to, um, to figure that out because it's not easy.
1: No. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's like, I always used to be jealous of the moms that didn't like feel this burning need to write because for me, it was always like this tension, like, ah, this kid, okay, I got to take care of them. But like, when will they I go to sleep? I just want to get writing. And like, and you're just like always feeling that. Um, and I, I didn't realize how that same, th- I was still holding that same thing. Mm-hmm. until I read Jen's words and, she, and when she said like, are you like, are you though? Like, are you fulfilled? are you yeah. a, are you asleep and i was like oh yeah i'm a little bit asleep oh
0: but you're waking up
1: <laughs> yeah. you woke up <laughs> yeah no, I'm, I'm still waking up you know yeah. i think yeah. this was, was it i think in jen's book or jensen's book or maybe it was kathy heller's podcast like they talk about like you see new things like oh expanding your vision and i feel like i'm just starting to do that even you know where, where before you thought there was nothing and that you start to see like things that were always there but you couldn't see them before yeah that's sort of i think that's the exciting thing that's happening now your energy
0: goes where your attention flows right so yeah throw in my tony robbins tony robbins if you're listening (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true (laughs) yeah Um, so community I love that you, you talk on this and how it is so important, especially when you're starting on new ventures to not go it alone. So what does that look like for you?
1: I think for me, the big shift was actually just even thinking of my, of community on social media, like before I, you know, I'm in communications. Like I do, uh, like that's my corporate job. I do social media stuff, but I never thought about it as being my community. It was like just somewhere maybe I shared things and got likes and that was the end goal. Whereas I think the real shift came in, in thinking that, oh no, that's that can be your community and uh, it's a real community. So um, joining Facebook groups, there's like a really great one that I found when I was first starting podcasts and uh, Instagram and like, Those are real people. And I didn't think about it really in that way before, but that I can like make friends with people through Instagram by DMing them and having conversations. And I would never have DMed someone before, but I've had great conversations with other writers and moms now since doing that. And it's a simple thing, but it's really started to expand that and build that community of people. Because I think before I always thought of it as like, you, you're trying to get lots of likes on your thing. Right. I never thought about it as I, no, you're, you're just trying to connect with people and you connect with people, not by getting a thousand likes on a single post, but by showing up and liking their content and commenting on their content and uh-huh. doing it day after day. And it's not fast and it's not about having like, I also was always like fixated on like, I need to have the best idea. And I have like this, like this laundry list of like dead WordPress blogs to show for it, you know, I'd be like, this idea, yes, but it's not about those <laughs> ideas, right? It's just about you showing up and like sharing who you are yeah. and, and being authentically curious about other people. And um, and then it, it's, it starts to build that way.
0: Yeah, I think it's so fascinating, social media and the whole interconnectedness of it all. And just like the expansion, like literally it's global. You can mm-hmm. be speaking to everybody around the world. So it's it's truly, um, you know, something everyone should take advantage of because we're so lucky to be living this day and age for sure.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. Like just usually, I'm just like chatting with some lady who's a doula in Oregon. And I just, you know, now we're it just, comes out of thin air and now you have someone new in your orbit. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you want that? And what's holding you back? And I think again, uh, I was, you know, shy, timid to like broach certain of those boundaries, like DMing someone, for example. I was like, I'm not doing that. That seems weird. But I just started doing it because someone told me to. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's cool. Like that's what it's for.
0: Yeah the bigger message is like we are going through really similar stuff Mm -hmm. and it's so much easier when you can share that with somebody
1: (laughs) yeah exactly
0: yeah um so tell me uh, a little bit about these moms write the podcast what is it about
1: yeah it's so I mean there was two big problem points I think for me when I was writing and that was you know developing my writing skills you know, it took me a long time to learn how to write after going through, you know, higher ed and you really get taught to write in this really disembodied way. And so I spent a lot of time learning to write and learning, you know, the craft. And then the other big piece was uh, the marketing. So how do you actually get your book in front of people? And so those are both two really big to climb and doing it as a, a mom, like I said, I, there's always this like time pressure, right? Um, you're always in this feeling of scarcity and so that adds another pressure and um, and also some isolation. Again, like I mentioned briefly like that, uh, that I, I would meet other moms and like my go-to was always like, do you want to do swaps? Like, do you want to take my kid? I'll take your kid, like, let's swap. And then I'll have more time for writing and you can do whatever it is you want to do. And lot, most of the time the moms were like, I don't really have anything else I need to do. And I was like, what, (laughs) you could do other things, like you could do anything. And so I felt again, like just really alone in that experience of like wanting more. And so my goal with the podcast is to, you know be that voice that I wished I'd had, but also, right. So like to tackle those two pieces like writing advice and also marketing because, you know, again, both of those are huge topics. Um, And also, you know, in the process, I get to meet people and talk to them and I love doing that. And I realized that that was one of the things, like when I did that year of just marketing my book, like I hated it because I wasn't interacting with people. It was just like sending out a press release or a, a request to a blogger. And so that's not how I operate. Like when I want to learn something, I will, if i want to find out what fridge to buy i'll like phone my sister or i'll you know that's how i like to learn is talking to people and so it only made sense for me to um to do a podcast where i get to interview people um other moms about how they're doing it because there is no one way and right like i could watch a youtube video but i would rather hear like the heart of the story like wow you like so you're making your book TikToks like like this and like wow oh this one took off and like tell me more like what inspired you to do a book talk and i think that talking to the people about it for me is really exciting
0: that sounds great and the encouragement of community that you're building cuz if you felt that then for sure so many other women mom writers are feeling that too yeah so with uh new writing adventures is there anything on the horizon for you in um, terms of writing new novels
1: yeah i'm working on a novel now it's a comedy it's about a woman who is you know in her 40s returning to the workforce um wanting to find her purpose she's sort of a serial entrepreneur but never none of her businesses ever take off and so she's finally consented to go the corporate route and is struggling to create her identity and uh, one thing that happens to her which sort of sets off a lot of hijinks is just that her employer mistakes her for an ex-con and so now she's having to play this role of being a a federally released prisoner in order to have some office cred because it's not cool That she was a stay-at-home mom for the last 10 years being an ex so so yeah so you can see some of (laughs) the reflections of my own life for sure in it it's just like you know she doesn't identify as one of like the playground moms but yeah she's not really corporate either but she doesn't have any success being a business person because you know she's just lacking that confidence in herself so it's really heavily influenced by like the, you know, the ideas of Kathy Heller, you know, all those uh, struggles that I think are what underpin, you know, why so many of us women in our forties are like drawn to, you know, the self-help industry. And um, so I really wanted to like lead into that. And uh-huh. uh, right. I mean, cause it's, I totally, you know, one of the reasons I, I started on listening to Kathy Heller's course or podcast, um, don't, your day job and then taking the courses i was like oh this is just material for me as a writer
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh sneaky
1: but then i was totally bought in right so then i was like oh yeah this is like it's i've i i do find there's two sides part of me is like laugh sometimes at like just all of it but that's And then part part of me is like yes i love this and so uh it's it's really about that interplay this this novel so so it's fun yeah and it's back to being fun again because it's a voice that i feel like needs to be out there
0: oh my goodness and i totally agree and support you with (laughs) that i can't wait to hear more about it um, you know, everything that you've said, you know, I just want to reiterate what I'm hearing is that you are a badass, and you are cool, <laughs> and you are so funny. So, you know, thank you for your time and being with me today. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience?
1: Um, I think, you know, if you are a writer, and and not even if you are writing yet, but I think as moms, like one thing I hear over and over is that, you do the writing in your head and that's part of the writing process. So even if you don't have time, but you're still thinking about the ideas and they're simmering, that's writing too. So if that's something you identify with, you know, check us out on the Facebook group. And because I welcome mom writers at all stages. Some people there are, you know, published authors, traditionally published, but some are just like, I want to write a children's book. And that's where they're at, and that's good too. Uh-huh.
0: And for the audience, where
1: can they find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram at Jackie Amston, the podcast that can be found on, you know, Spotify and Apple podcasts under these Moms right? Yes.
0: All right. So that will also be in the show notes. Thanks again, Jackie.
1: Thanks Daisy. Love, love to been, talk to you. Yeah, such a <laughs> blast. I love it.
0: Oh my goodness, Jackie was such a delight to chat with. I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation. If you thought her uh, Poshmark listing of that dress was hilarious, I'm telling you, that is just a hint of what she is like on her Instagram account. So be sure to follow her at Jackie Amston. And again, if you're a mom who has a story in her heart that you've been wanting to tell and you're not quite sure how to get it out there, join the community These Moms Write. You can follow the podcasts, and you can also join the Facebook group. I encourage you this week, reflect on that story that you have, write it down, and share it. Humans, we are born to connect with each other. We thrive on connection and storytelling is one of the best ways we can get there. Thank you again for listening and being here with me, hitting that play button. I have looked at the analytics and I can see that this podcast has reached over 13 different countries and that just blows my mind. So thank you. Thank you for your support. To keep this podcast going, you know what to do. Please follow, like, share, leave a review, leave me a voice message. I would love to hear from you. If you have any ideas of whom I should interview in upcoming episodes, or if you want to be interviewed, reach out to me. My email is hello at aporpro.ca. That's H-E-L-L-O at A-P-O-R-P-R-O dot C-A. Or you can also DM me on Instagram at creativeinspo underscore Daisy. Till next week. Dream it and do it, my friends. I'm cheering you on. Uh, This podcast is sponsored by all the dreamers and all the doers. Yeah, that's right. You guys are all making me do this.
1: Yay.